This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. It's another hit edition of the Mark Madden Podcast on the award winning Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Let's lead off with my top three list. Three reasons why Tiger Woods should be allowed to use a cart in majors and in PGA tournaments. Why an exception should be made for him, not least because of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And there is precedent. Casey Martin did it. John Daly did it because of the ADA. But I digress. My top three reasons why Tiger should get a cart are... Number one, he's almost a cripple. Number two, he's Tiger Woods. Number three, golf needs him. And like I said, if you want to mention the legalities of the Americans with Disabilities Act, that is also relevant. That said, with Tiger having withdrawn this past Sunday's Masters final day, drew the highest rating for the final day in five years. So maybe that showdown between Rom and Kepka, such as it was, because I never felt like Rom was going to lose, uh, fueled a, a bit of resurgence for TV viewing when it comes to golf. So let's welcome now my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, uh, I got a poll up on my Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Should Tiger be allowed to use a cart? It's running neck and neck between yes and no. What do you think? Yes or no? Why or why not? First of all, I'm just very surprised to hear you have this take. This is quite the about face that you used to have. You used to say, no, he shouldn't wear a cart, but I can't argue with any of your reasons, especially the first one of him being a cripple. It's just sad to kind of watch him fart around on the course, especially this past well, Masters. That's not sad. It, it just happens. And, and and my stance is based on it being what's best for, for golf. business. No, no business. Forget about golf. What's best for golf is to stick by the rules, quite frankly, which say no cart, but it's what's best for business. And as I've often said... American law trumps the rules of any sport. And the Americans with Disabilities Act figures in here if Tiger wants it to. He would have to apply, which I don't think he will. I don't think he'd want to use a cart. But if he refuses being offered the use of a cart, Tom, then he's an even bigger hero. Correct. I I say yes to answer your question. They should let him use the the cart, even without having to get the ADA involved, uh, the Disabilities Act involved. I don't think they will, though, unless Tiger asks them to do that, and I don't think Tiger will ever ask them to do that, so I think they're just going to be stuck in this, they should do that, but they won't, and Tiger should ask for it, but he won't kind of stalemate that they're in. Yeah, I I realize I'm kind of talking out the wazoo here because I am dealing in hypotheticals that will likely never happen, but hey, isn't that what sports talk radio and podcasting (laughs) is all about? Uh, The way Tiger's playing, is he embarrassing himself, Tom, or is that too strong a word because... Nine over and withdrawing after 43 holes is not good optics. I don't think he's embarrassing himself just because he kind of has the injury to fall back on. You know what I mean? Like, if he was out there playing a full 72 holes and walking 
uh, 18 a day, perfectly fine and sucking, then yeah, you'd be embarrassed. But now he could just say, ah, oh, my knee hurts, or ah, oh, my back hurts. And it's, I it's a foot in this case. Ah, I'm a foot. So he has kind Planner, of that, whatever the friggin' is. He has that kind of excuse where he can say, oh, you know, if my body was cooperating with me, I'd be playing yeah, a lot better. But even that gets old too, Tom, and, and maybe it already has, in that if it were a baseball player or, or anybody in a team sport, that you know had a chronic injury and was playing poorly because of it. Eventually, he get benched or cut. Right, but that's not the case in golf because all he's affecting is himself. There's no team that he's going out there and hurting. Uh, I don't think that he's embarrassed by it. No, I, I think he would stop if he was embarrassed. Oh, by I don't it. think he's embarrassed after after his sexual right. addiction frenzy. I don't think he knows any shame at all. Right, especially with something as trivial as injured on a golf course and shooting nine over. So he's going to keep trotting. Oh, himself I bet he out shot there. nine over off the golf course. You know, not now and again. Um, do you agree that Tiger will never win anything again? Yes, including just regular run-of-the-mill tournaments. Right, too. right. So he's gonna he's gonna stay tied with Sam Snead yep. for most PGA wins and stay three behind Jack for uh, most wins in majors. Yes, and he will forever be considered the second best golfer of all time. I think. Uh, I think he'll be considered the best. The best, but I don't. Jack has more majors. Well, right, and and that Tiger always set that as the bar. You know, when people said, are you the greatest golfer of all time, he would point at Jack having right. the most majors. Well, I'm not sure he gets to change that, or anyone gets to change it on his behalf. Right, especially since he came out and said it himself. He doesn't even have the most masters jackets. Jack has that. So uh, everywhere you turn for like tangible statistics, Jack's going to be in front of Tiger, and that's why I think Tiger's just going to be stuck in second. But you're right, people will make Tiger the greatest golfer ever just because that's who they saw, and they'll make the argument that he played in an era where the athletes were better than they were at Jack, so he's just better naturally. You, you know what's amazing is that the woke mob wants Tiger to be the best ever, but the woke mob ignores a lot of things Tiger did that weren't exactly woke. Yeah, if you compare Jack as a person to Tiger as a person... Oh, Tiger's a despicable person. It's a, it's a person. landslide in favor of Jack. He's a, well, despicable's too strong a word, but but he's certainly not what he once appeared to be. And really, he ended up like we all do. He became just like his dad. You, you know, his dad was Falling a womanizer. His dad yep. was a uh, mostly a phony. You know, you know what I mean? His dad was a poser, and that's what Tiger became. But I just don't see how anybody could think that he could get through four rounds of competitive golf and win on a Sunday at any tournament. I mean, I think you could see a Thursday where he maybe is at the top of the leaderboard. Maybe he gets to the weekend in the top 10, but there's just no way he has what I, it I takes. I don't even think so, Tom. You don't I, think he can even get off to a hot start, play no. a couple good rounds? And I'm glad. He would have had to play 29 holes of golf Sunday, right? It would have been bad. I was glad he didn't try. You know, you know what he reminds me of? You're too young to remember this, but Willie Mays is one of the top five baseball players ever, probably. Right. And... Um, he ended his career with the New York Mets because he was a New York Giant to start. Then they moved to San Francisco. Then he came back and finished his career with the Mets and made the World Series in 1973. Okay. And he was stumbling around and looked old and made a few miscues. And a lot of people remember that about Willie Mays. And I'm wondering if Tiger Woods, I'm not saying he's 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 you know eliminating his legacy, but he might be diminishing it just to some small degree. Oh, no, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I know that there is still the legacy before all of this happened, winning all of the majors and making the run at Jack that people will remember forever. But I do think that this chapter of his career is going to be right in the forefront of people's minds when they reflect on Tiger Woods. It, it will be, he won 15 majors 
and then it will be his flame out at the end. Like that'll be the second thing I think. When was his to. last major? He won the Masters 2019. in 2019, right? Yep. Maybe he should have quit that. I mean, that's easy for me to say, but but that would have been a nice ending. It would have been a nice ending, but hindsight's 2020, and I'm sure after winning the 2019 Masters, he felt in good enough shape that he could go at a couple other majors as well. So there would be no reason for him to quit back then. Will the media ever admit that Tiger's done, or, or at least done winning? Because the New York Post headline was blaring, uh, never count Tiger out. And that was after the Masters, that mess. No, they will forever prop him up when a big tournament comes around as someone that you got to keep your eye on Tiger. He might do something here. He, he He's familiar with this course. That's one they always like to throw out there. He's very familiar with Augusta. So, right, and nobody else golfing <laughs> this past weekend had ever played Augusta ever before. Ever in their life, He exactly. was the only one who had played it. So that's always going to be a thing from the media. He'll probably be 70 years old, and they'll be like, you know what, if Tiger can string a couple shots together, he could have a chance in this. They're just going to keep propping him up because I think it's best for business for them to prop him up that way. How great he moves was, the needle. How great was Phil Mickelson at 52, five years older than Tiger, finished second, less golf for him, less grind for him, Thank the Live Tour. What if Phil Mickelson still has another major in him? Because he's playing like he might, and, and Tiger's done so. Augusta would be the one that he would have a lot of, I don't want to say ease winning, but one that he could win at his elder age. His crafted shot making yes. lends itself well to Augusta. Short game is so big around that course, and he's the master of short game, you could argue, of all time in golf. So I think if he can age gracefully on the Live Tour, he'll have a shot every time he goes to Augusta. He even looked good. He looked thinner, didn't look pasty. He looked as thin as I've ever seen him in his life. He looked like he might have won a better two for a change recently. And you know what? The less golf doesn't only help Phil, it's helped. Brooks Kupka as well, who has dealt with massive knee injuries for the past two years. Now he's finally healthy because he doesn't have to play every weekend. Although, well, don't forget, they don't have to play every week in the PGA. That's true. But, but they're kind of pressured into it. You know, sponsors, yada, yada. Um, and uh, I thought Kepka played, yeah, he's a great golfer, obviously, which leads me to my next idea. Would you like to see a made-for-TV event? PGA versus LIV. You don't want to go full Ryder Cup. I get it. Go two versus two. Or whatever, Phil and Kepka versus Rom and McElroy, that'd be incredible. People would love to see that. Play the PGA season, play the live season. At the end of them both, the top two live golfers, the top no, two PGA no, golfers, no, you need no. stars. You don't want it to you, risk some bum getting you need in there. Stars, you need charisma. So you don't want like uh, Tom Hoagie, who's an average golfer, no, having a great want, year and getting you, in. You want McElroy because he's been anti live. And you want Phil. You want Phil because he is live. You want Brooks. You want yeah. Dustin Johnson over at live. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's two okay. versus two, but you want names. Okay, I see what you mean. So it's not necessarily like a, you earn your way into this Super Bowl kind of game. Maybe at some point you do. Okay. But not for the first one. The first one, that would be more it, like the match. You then. want star power. No, I'm saying even do it under the auspices of the match. The, the TBS, you know, the hokey made up event things with usually NFL quarterbacks, but this would be awesome. Yeah, I don't understand how you could look at the ratings for the final round of the Masters and not think that it would pop a big number if you did a match event like that. Especially think- in like a down period of the golf season when they're not really playing anything. Do you think either of the organizations would, would want to do it? I bet you Liv would be more willing to do it than the PGA. I bet you the PGA would be petty and would say, no, we're not going to be associated with you at all. Well, keep in mind, the Super Bowl was born of two competing leagues, and so was the World Series. That's true. 
I would never know this. Were the leagues back then as petty as the PGA has been towards Liv? The towards AFL the, and NFL was for a long time. They did not like each other. Yeah, well, they, they drafted against each other, you know, recruited. Right. You know, players would double-cross one league to go play for the other. It was it got nasty for a long time. But if not for that merger, and if not for Super Bowl three, you know, AFL beats NFL, gives the AFL credibility coming in because the merger had already been decided upon. Joe Namath, New York, you know, Bright Lights, Big City. The NFL is not today what it is today. So maybe as time marches on and, you know, things kind of cool off between the two leagues, then they can meet at some sort of negotiating table and try oh, to work something Oh, I think the sooner out. the better. Yeah, but I just feel like they're going to be stubborn about it, and they're going to say, oh, we're not going to be associated with a league that's run by Saudi money. If they, if they, if they do, Saudi money could bankroll the whole thing. Right. Uh, if, if they feel that way, then they're not looking at, at the big picture, which is money, and always is. And if the Saudi money's dirty, well, I've always said that anybody with a ton of money probably did something dirty to get at least some of it. Yeah, that's just the thing. Like maybe the PGA's money isn't as dirty as the Saudis, but there's some shady people at the top of the PGA as well. Shady people at the top of everything. Okay, let's go to five guys, Tom. What do you got? All right, today's five guys are athletes who had very promising careers, but they were just cut short due to injury. Honorable mention got to throw in Bo Bennett because we all know he'd be competing with Ovi and Gretzky for the goal scoring title if he had stayed healthy. He'd be headed for a thousand, Tom. <laughs> All right, number five on this list, I've got Greg Oden. Great basketball player out of Ohio State. A lot of people thought he was going to be the next Shaq. Number one overall pick by the Portland Trailblazers, ahead of Kevin Durant in that draft. Played 100 total NBA games, just could never stay healthy. Was what was a, wrong with him? A major bust, knees, just knee injuries. Couldn't. Was, was there consideration given to drafting Durant number one? What made Portland pick Oden? Because he was so dominant at Ohio State, and the knees weren't really an issue until after his college career. He led Ohio State to the Final Four, and I believe the finals, where they lost to Florida in the championship game, and... Just the dominance was so overwhelming that it was the consensus number one pick, even with a guy like Durant. Or any of the next four basketball. Yeah, there's one more basketball. Uh, damn it. Okay, who's next? Local guy, Ryan Shazier, number four. Uh, not, not he wasn't born here, but yeah, drafted well, that's and, and I meant, played player for, the, for Steelers. the Steelers. Yeah, and you know, I think the impact, I mean, I think Ryan Shazier would have had a nice career. Not a Hall of Fame career, but but very solid. I think he could have had a defensive player of the year in the cards. But, I don't I don't know about that. He but, was on track the year he got hurt. He was real good. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. But but here's the thing. Him being hurt killed the Steelers. Oh, they're still they're killed still the struggling at the line. I mean, they tried spot. to replace him with Devin Bush. He sucked. They never really replaced him. That's a key component of their defense. Shazier would still be playing and probably playing well. No, no question about it. And you're right. Like they've done every They've explored every angle to try to replace him. Going to the veterans with Miles Jack and John Bostick, going to the draft with the top ten pick and Devin Bush, and they they can't do it. So yeah, that has left the Steelers floundering at inside linebackers since his injury. All right, last basketball one number three is Grant Hill. Great player for Duke. Started off incredibly well in the NBA, then had some bad knee injuries. He ended up having to be a role player. And I don't know if he would have been this guy, but he was good enough to maybe take the baton from Michael and not be as dominant as Michael or as much of a you know presence as him, but as far as just best player in the NBA for a period of time. Grant Hill was a at least good enough to do that. See, but he did hang around a long time, didn't he? He did, but he was like a, a triple-double machine when he started and like an all-around player that had to be relegated to bench duty and role-playing because of his injuries. Okay, so no more basketball. No more basketball. Okay, proceed. Number two, Tony Canigliaro from the Boston oh, Red beamed. Sox. Yep. Got beaten by Jack Hamilton. How crazy is it I know the details of that? He was on a cover of Sports Illustrated yes. with this big black eye. You know how I know the details to this? Go ahead. Because of the movie Fever Pitch. 
because Jimmy Fallon's in the stands explaining all of the, right. the history of the Red Sox, and he comes up in one of the, the Referring moments. to him as Tony C. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he had he was the youngest player to lead the AL in home runs at age twenty with thirty two home runs before he got beaned in the. Yeah, AL. he had the Ostromsky potential. Yes, that that's what they and thought he was up there from anyway. Boston too. So right. he would have been a local hero as well. And then number one, I've got Bo Jackson at number one. Still a great four year career in the NFL. He tried to go into baseball after the hip surgery. Still didn't play that well in baseball after that, but. I mean, I think he would have been maybe one of the best running backs, if not the best running back. If he Don't played. you blame him for trying to do both? Don't you think that he cut himself off at the pass in that regard? Probably. But how could you blame somebody for trying I do. For giving it that I, shot? I do, because he left a lot of money on the table by doing that. Which one do you think he should have played? You know, whenever there's a conflict, I pick baseball. More money, more longevity. Because it's easier to play, more longevity. And yeah, more money. I mean, it's it not... Is. I mean, guaranteed contracts. No salary cap. There you go. Yeah. So, and... Maybe he regrets it a little bit because he decided he was just done with football after the hip injury. But he did try to come back for baseball for a couple of years and just was not able to hack it. And I don't think baseball gave him the benefit of the dot. Or well, I mean, when he quit, was he just done? Could he just not move anymore? Because like it felt like baseball once he got hurt was kind of like, well, that's what you get for playing football. Right. I think there was an element of that. Like, we told you so. Like, you right, should have just right. played for the Royals. I don't know why you were playing for the Raiders. Were you the same way with Dion when he was doing both? You thought yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. You should just played football. Yeah, I thought it was dumb. Especially when he tried to do both in one day and then had the temerity to get mad like he did in that uh, 30 for 30. He got mad at Bobby Cox, the brave manager, for not playing him. Right. Because it was more important that Dion make history than Bobby Cox use his best lineup. Bo was really good in both sports, though, correct? Like, he was pro bowler for Football, all-star baseball. Dion was better at football than baseball. Like he it was, was still pretty good at baseball, but it was kind of a wider gap between him and football. But he, he was a player of the times. Like he was a defensive outfielder, really fast, Steel stole bases, bases yeah. took the extra base on you know shots to the gap. You know he, he was he was real good. Like a guy like him wouldn't fit in today though, because he doesn't have any power. He right. didn't have any power right. at all. Right, and exactly. it's all, You know, it's all about the strikeout, walk, or home run in baseball. That, that may be changing with with the way that the game's been. Well, I don't know if any of the rules legislated in will. I don't know. Maybe the bigger bases. I mean, it. it you're seeing stolen base attempts out the out the backside now, and, and you hadn't for years. I don't think there's any question that so far, two weeks into the season, it's been much more exciting than the past couple of years watching baseball. Because guys are running around. Yeah, exactly. The ball's in play. Uh, the shift has something to do with that too. The ball being in play. Now, do you think that we're seeing more stolen bases and stolen base attempts because the bigger bases really do? help that, and the limiting the two pickoff attempts helps that? Or are the managers and base runners just emboldened by that and are trying to steal more because they think they should because they sense an advantage that hasn't been mathematically borne out yet? I think that's what's happening for the bases being bigger. I think they're just emboldened by that. They're looking at it and saying, oh, we get a couple extra inches on that. Maybe we can steal a couple more bases this year. But I think there is something to timing of the pitch clock and exploiting the two times you can throw over to first base. Well, you know, when you say you can only throw over two times, in reality, you can only throw over once because nobody wants to waste the, the second, second one. one. Right, because then the guy's going to take a 90-foot lead. And you've seen already, and this is on third base, so it's not you know what would happen on first base, but 
he, I think, had already used his pickoff moves, a pitcher, and there was a player, Castellanos, for the Phillies, was like halfway to home plate on third base, just kind of like dancing around out there to the point where the pitcher for the Reds had to step off the mound and kind of like walk over towards him a little bit. And Castellanos would just like kind of slowly walk back to the bag, and then as soon as the pitcher turned around, he's back But you see, that's there. fun. I, like I know, that the stuff. fans love that, and it's good for the game. Uh, it's I, like I, Willie Mays Hayes. Not, not, not snipes, but eps. <laughs> In in two, not one. When he like lackadaisically walks off the bag, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and just steams into home plate, steals home plate. So I think the bigger base paths are just emboldening them, but I, I do think that there's something tangible to the pitch clock. You can time that up, and, and like again, if if you see that there's only two seconds left on the pitch clock, and he's already thrown over once, I'd take off every single time if I'm a runner. The Penguins have somehow put their destiny back in their own hands. Yeah, because the Islanders lost at Washington, and Florida lost in OT against Toronto. Do you trust the Penguins to see it out and make the playoffs? I don't. I mean, they've been in this driver's seat before the past couple of weeks, and every time they've been able to take the reins, they've given it right back to the other two teams in the race. Well, yeah, but now they're playing literally. It's, it's different now. You're the right. The two worst teams in the league. Although, although <sighs> let, let me tell you, we're taping this on Tuesday before the game at home against Chicago. Here's my scenarios for squeaky bum time. Yeah. Because it's worse at home, this game. There's less pressure at Columbus than there's at home against Chicago. I, okay. If Chicago scores first, if it's nothing-nothing at the end of one, or if it's the third period, the Penguins lead by two and Chicago cuts it to one. Yes, but you talk about how it's the worst teams, legitimately, the two worst teams in the NHL that they're facing off against this week. Pretty close. We've been there before, though. I mean, like, they've played a bad team who is off of less than 24-hour rest like the Blackhawks tonight. Montreal lost. Like, 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 got like, swept by Montreal. Like three weeks ago. I mean, they were hit 2 nothing a couple minutes in. And San Jose at home before the All-Star break is one that I keep going back to. I mean, yeah, we could go on and on. Exactly. But by the same token, the consequences have not yet been clearly defined like they are tonight and Thursday. Like, it's real now. Like, you're staring into, you need to win these next two games or you ain't getting into the playoffs. And I guess they could lose one of them and have some wiggle room and rely on other teams to lose for you, the Islanders or the Panthers, but they should, let's put it this way, they should take care of business, win the next two games, and get into the playoffs, but I don't know how you can trust them to do that based on what you've seen well, all I, year. I don't trust Jari. Like, I trust Sid, There's I don't trust Jari. Don't trust. That's the matchup. The matchup is in Pittsburgh against Chicago. It's Sid <laughs> against Jari. <laughs> you know, can, can Sid do better than Jari does bad? Because every time Jari's been put in this situation, he's either failed or gotten hurt. Do you think there's a tra- chance for them to get wild card one now? Because of the Panthers stumbling against the Leafs last night. They did get to overtime, so they got a point. Well, they got to play uh, Carolina to finish That's the season. That's what I mean, and Carolina, Carolina needs to win. Carolina might need to win to finish first. They might. We, we don't know that yet. But, yeah, I mean, if they go wild card number one, well, I don't know. I mean, the Bruins or Carolina, it's like... Choosing between death by hanging or firing squad. Uh, Let's I, go by firing squad, though. Let's go by Carolina. I think they could. Well, no, no, the Bruins are firing squad. Oh, okay. The Bruins, it's it, 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 the Bruins. It's it, over like that. Yeah, exactly right. Your neck just snaps. That's it. That's <laughs> that's it. Oh, wait, now hold it. They're both pretty sudden. Yeah, we need to think about this. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the, the Canes would be like lethal injection. Just like a nice slow death. You think you have some hope. Maybe it didn't work yet. The Bruins is like getting hung or firing squad. It's just over. The, the Devils would be, they just keep laughing at you while you're dying. <laughs> like the devil. Like a devil would. Because they're so much faster than you. Uh, I think they probably make it. I think so too. But the fact that I'm saying probably when they're playing the two worst teams in the league disturbs me because as I've always said about the Penguins this year, 
they're just not that good. <laughs> right. I mean, this isn't the Penguins of 2016 having to beat Chicago and Colorado. It's these Penguins. And the reality is the three teams that have been fighting for this wild card spot, none of them are very good. They're all very flawed teams. Panthers, would you say the Panthers are the most disappointing of the, the group of three here? Well, yeah, because they won the President's Trophy last year. And got they Kachuk, got Kachuk, yeah. Who might be an MVP finalist. I think he probably should be. Well, if they make... Yeah. My, my MVP finalists are... Um, McDavid, because he wins it. McDavid and Pasternak, one and two. And then if Florida makes it, Kachuk. If Pittsburgh makes it, Crosby. If they both make it, who would they go to? They'd go to Kachuk, but they'd it should be Crosby. they go to Kachuk because of the 100 points they'd yeah. go to Kachuk? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And that just makes you so... Mad because of the no, veteran. I'm just, I'm just used to it. The, no veteran respect, no respect towards Sid. I mean, where's his moment? Uh, and this isn't the same thing where Gretzky won the MVP over Lemieux. Where's oh, that moment? 89. Where's in that 89. moment for Sid? Why can't he be a nominee over Kachuk this year, even though Kachuk had 100 points? He don't get it because he's from Nova Scotia, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, the only thing worse would be if he would be French. And I'm not saying that flippantly or no. insultingly toward the French. I'm saying it in support of 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 anti shenanigans like 89 with. Gretzky beating Lemieux, even though Lemieux totally outperformed him and had his greatest season ever. One of the great seasons in NHL history. Okay, what do we got for Good Cop, Bad Cop? Good Cop, Bad Cop today are board games. Today's Good Cop. Are you a board game fan? Do you play board games? I, I have done, but not for a while. Not for a while. I mean, I feel like that's everybody, right? Like, well, as you get older, you just don't good play Good Cop got to be Monopoly. Hundred percent. You must have been looking yeah. at my notes. No, it, it's no, it's the best board game. That and Risk. Risk was the only other one that I even thought to maybe put in front of it. Is Risk the war game? Risk is the war game. Monopoly's better. Monopoly is. Better. Plus, you can play Monopoly for money, and I've done that. Yeah, and I like how dark a Monopoly victory is. Like I'm taking all of your property. I'm taking all of your money. You're bankrupt. In fact, why don't you go to jail too? Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of and plus, you know, you know, we're all. I always get kind of freaked out. I go to Atlantic City a couple times a year. All the streets in Monopoly are from the streets in Atlantic City. <laughs> so I like Chef Vola is right off. I forget which one, but it's like it's like right uh, off a boardwalk. Right, or I'm driving off a Monopoly board to eat veal parmesan. It's great. And then my bad cop is the game of life. I never liked the game of life because I feel like we play the game of life already anyway. Like, why do you want to play a board game where your goal is to get married, find a job, have a kid, and have a nice house? Like, that's what I'm already trying to do. Well, it's a lot like was said in Spinal Tap, but Elvis is grave. It really adds perspective, maybe too much bleeding perspective. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That that's that, that's a good good cop and a and a good bad cop as well. Um, hey, here's a question. Uh, I, I put a poll up on Twitter about this. Uh, the Ravens signed OBJ. Yep. If Lamar plays, are they now a better team than the Steelers? They are slightly. I still think that the Steelers are pretty close to the Ravens. And I say that not because I'm impressed with the Steelers by any sense. I just think the Ravens might be a little overrated. And I think Lamar's just, I'm going to bet on Lamar getting hurt. Even if he does come back and play, he's not going to make it through. Well, a full I'm talking season. about in theory here. I mean, I'm also assuming that OBJ is not his some, usual self, some right? reasonable fraction of what he, he was before his now. He's had two career altering injuries. So. So, but but I think if OBJ is like say at seventy percent, Lamar plays. I think they're a better team than the Steelers. And you may assume Lamar gets hurt, and that's not unreasonable. But but I just think the ascension of Kenny Pickett is being assumed by too many people. Of course, based it is. on two drives last year, and and certainly not the stats because they weren't good. Yeah, it's crazy to me that people just want to crown him so fast instead of you know maybe giving it five weeks into twenty twenty three and seeing if you can actually see some tangible improvement. I will say this, though. I think the gap between the Steelers and the Ravens is a lot shorter than the gap between the Ravens and the Steelers and the Bengals. I think the Bengals have just 
separated themselves from everybody in the rest oh, of the division. Oh, let me, let me tell you. The Bengals are the best team in the division by far. Yeah. Because Burrow is the best quarterback in the division and close to the best football uh, best quarterback in football. And they kind of have that perfect storm going right now where Burrow's not expensive yet, so they can afford a lot of talented players around him. They, they need to win a Super Bowl in this this coming season or the next one. But I think the other three teams, including the Browns, are kind of kind of in the same I agree. Uh, level. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the Steelers finished fourth. wouldn't shock me if they finished second either. No, I think the, the basement team of this division is going to have like a 7-10, and 10, maybe an 8-9 and nine record again this year. Like it, It'll be a very competitive division. The Bengals will win 12 games, and then everybody else will win 10 to... Eight in that eight to ten range. Ryan Clark today on ESPN. They asked him if he thought the Steelers would make the playoffs, and he goes, "Look at what Kenny Pickett did in those two drives." And I'm saying, "Okay, so you're going to pick them to make the playoffs based on two drives?" Because I got stats here that that really urinate all over those two drives. I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't impressed myself by those two drives, and they did show an it factor if you believe in crap like that. But but still, he finished like 28th in the league in everything. What did they end up winning that Raiders game by? Like 13 to 10? Right. Like it was great, and the timing of the drives were something that you have to notice because of the weighty moments in the fun. game. But, like, they put up 13 points against the Raiders. They put up 20 points against the Ravens. That's not going to translate to many wins in the NFL. Now, what's your take on O'Neill Cruz's slide and the resulting injury? He's going to be out uh, four months, it looks like. Uh, he's brought it on himself. He's It's terrible to see a professional athlete attempt to slide that way. I can't believe he doesn't know how to slide. slide. Nobody ever awful taught him slide. how to slide. Uh, the play itself was just a dumb play. Um, the second that you see the ball get to home plate, either try to get stuck in a rundown, give yourself up, do anything but what he tried to do. It's not worth taking that risk in April. No, it's not. And I think you know, you know when you can take that risk. The earliest is one of the wild card games. I think the coaches need to be a little bit to blame too for telling him to probably run on contact because I don't think that was the smart decision. Well, either. you see, I just think he's dumb. Okay, Cruz. like yeah, you look at it, Cruz. There's so much stuff about baseball he doesn't know how to do. Well, the he's 25 just... years old, and you know, and now he's starting to get deeper into cons and you know, being more selective with pitches. But he's 25. Where was this in Indy? Right? Where it, was this in Altoona? Where, where was this when he was in Little League? I mean, you know, he never bothered to learn how to play. And um, I don't know who. To, I, I mean, I think you got to blame him more than anything. Oh, he he deserves most of the blame. And in this instance of the injury, too, he deserves more blame than anybody else as well. You know who he reminds me of is Manny Sanguian. Manny Sanguian one year walked 13 times, okay? And he still made the all-star team, but it was different back then. Yeah. You know, and like... and like. I bet Manny knew how to slide, too. Yeah, I don't think he ever got hurt like that, doing that, that's for sure. Um, some Bucko fans are excited about the 6-3 and three start. Well, now 6-4 and because they lost to Houston last night. Awful small sample. How much does the Cruz injury hurt the Pirates in terms of trying to hang in there? The Bucko fans will tell you that it hurt them, and that's what I think is going to happen. It's they're, the excuse they were waiting for. They're going to use it now to be like, look at the start they were on. They would have been competitive to the trade deadline if Cruz didn't get hurt, but now they had to deal with that injury, and everybody got deflated, and it was just they couldn't overcome that. That's what you will hear when they eventually go in the tank, and the, the tank's coming soon. I wouldn't be surprised if it's this week. They're playing Houston. They're playing the Cardinals, two real baseball teams. They could be in trouble. Well, the overestimation you know, from, from spring training, fueled by the Stooge media, is just sickening. I mean, I, I kept getting told Ronzi Contreras could be a number one starter. Yeah. Uh, he's a number three in this league He looked best. great yesterday. His ERA is up at eight now. <laughs> like, he was like that Bugs Bunny cartoon. Wham! A homer! Wham! Another homer! Although I don't I don't think they were all homers, but but he got the crap kicked out of him. Just the, the constant 
overestimation is uh is is just it, it's irritating is what it is. Finally, Tom, uh, are you an NBA guy? I do like the NBA. Uh, I, here's another, especially this time of year when the playoffs start. You know what I love is the play-in thing. It's beautiful. The play, they should do it for the NHL. Unless I the agree. Penguins make it, then they shouldn't do it. I agree. But uh, but but how about I wake up and this was so predictable. I turn on ESPN. Both shows get up and uh, first take. I can see the Lakers in the LeBron. finals. The Western final, I should say. The path is there for LeBron to go through the West. Yeah. LeBron's going to get out of the play-in game. He's going to lose in the first round of Memphis. They're going to probably have to play the Grizzlies. Grizzlies is a good team. They're the number two seed in the West. Uh, just because they have LeBron and AD, people just like to think that they'll flip some magic switch. They've been meh all year long. They're going to continue to be meh in the playoffs. Who, who does Golden State play? Sacramento. Sacramento. Sacramento, third seed, first worst, time in the playoffs in how long? Worst possible matchup for Sacramento. You know they would have wanted anybody else. You know what I feel bad for is Joey, Josh Joey. Why? Because he's a big Sacramento Kings fan. Why? And like I, I don't know, but like I thought it was just kind of a casual thing. He's in the Sacramento. Like I'm into Liverpool. So this is big for him. This, this is year. huge. I mean, first playoff since forever. Well, he's only got about a week and a half left to enjoy it. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. That's Tom Offerman for the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm Mark Madden. Don't forget, bet now from anywhere, 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 anywhere. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.